audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Beaglers, and welcome to issue 4058 of the world's ongoing, weekly updated, official last will and testament of the planet Earth. Um, the official audio document chronicling the legacy of this planet between now and the end of the world, somewhere between three months and five billion years from now. That's a ballpark figure. Uh, <laughs> might, might be a bit either way. I haven't built in a contingency. Uh, I am Andy Zaltzman, and if you cut me, I say ow. Uh, here in London, uh, we are today, the city where 500 years from now to the day, we in Britain will be holding a referendum on whether or not to rejoin planet Earth. Um, after we leave it in a referendum 470 years from now to join a new trading block with the 18th century after (laughs) time travel enables us to trade with our former selves, which could work out very well for both sides. Uh, Joining me here today in London, a welcome return to The Bugle um, to a man I last saw flying a helicopter into a crowd of screaming children. (laughs) They deserved it. Uh, well, they paid to see it. It was in a, in a, in a pantomime. It's uh, Al Murray. Hi, Andy. That was sensational. The helicopter in your pantomime. That was that, it, it, the theatrical yeah. extravaganza of the millennium for me. It, well, it was the, it was a bizarrely high point in the show as well <laughs> for me. And when, I, when, when I got the, the script, you know, I'm reading it thinking, oh, there's a joke about a cow here and, and, you know, the magic beans and all that. And then turn it and, it, and it's it, there's a bit where... One of the other cast members says, where is Al? And then in the stage she says, Al appears upstage in a helicopter. <laughs> I think, right, I'll, I'm doing this. I'll take this gig. Um, but we, yeah, I had to be strapped in properly. It was a, it was an actual was a fuselage of a helicopter from a from a uh, from a scrapyard apparently. Right. But it, and it had crashed the helicopter in. in oh right, that's ominous. In real in real life, it had been right. repurposed as a prop. But they had to strap me in properly and everything. And uh, how badly had it crashed in real life? Al? I didn't inquire. <laughs> I didn't want to know. You didn't want to know. You didn't want to. Was it haunted? Your... That's all I want. Uh, well, it was a haunting experience, but I don't know that it was haunted. But every time I'd get in, and we because we did sixty-four shows, you know, straight through. Each time, me and the uh, stage manager strapping in, we go, "Okay, time for flight number thirty-two, whatever." You know, and uh, it, it, yeah, it was a sensational thing to have done. Yeah, and since you were last on the bugle, uh, mm. you have uh, had a baby. Yes, that's right. well. Yeah, well, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I've been involved you, in the baby been, making yes. process. Yeah, and um, that just shows the amazing fertility power of the bugle. That you is on, the bugle. Yeah, I mean, you were on in uh, what was it uh, in August for August, the first time? Yeah. No, just well, August December, in you have a baby with crowd with the, yeah. with the live crowd. That's yeah. a very fast. Gestation yeah, well, period between well, going, coming on the bugle and having... A, are the two biologically... I can never remember. They're not biologically oh, right, okay. related, no. no. <laughs> I'm a bit out of the loop. <laughs> um, and also... Uh, are you I, saying getting on the, going on the bugle gets you late? No, I'm, no, I'm saying it makes you feckled. Oh, right, OK. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite a boast, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I was on the, yeah, I was on the bugle this week. Yeah. Showbiz has changed, Al. Um <laughs> Uh, also uh, joining us uh, here uh, today for the first time on the Bugle, it's uh, comedian, writer, podcaster, and no-time American ski jump champion. Uh, no shame in that. Uh, it's uh, Jen Kirkman. Thank you. I really hope it doesn't make me fertile. All right. Because I'm not. I'm not in the business of having a baby. Right okay, now, right. So okay. I'm nervous now. It is a business as well. <laughs> yeah. If you want to monetize it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a hard to monitor. I've had mine for eleven and nine years now, and they've been an absolute financial drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, my eldest is eighteen, so I'm yeah. waiting for her to actually return a profit. Yeah, we're a long um, way in. Yeah, you never know; she could uh, win a like a contest, you know, like a 
the lottery. Brit- like Britain's Got Talent or something. I yeah, take yeah, home unlikely. a prize. And my daughter's a, she's talentless. That elder one. <laughs> <laughs> Does she listen to podcasts? Uh, well, I, I think it's important to be honest about your children, isn't it? You know, if you've got a child who can't sing, you've got to tell them they can't sing. Yeah, or forcefully. Up, yeah, yeah, or they'll end up on a on a talent show making a fool of themselves <laughs> and disgracing their family. <laughs> so, uh, Jen, you've been um, doing your stand-up show at the Soho Theatre. How have you enjoyed enjoyed London? I've loved it every time I come here, and and it it could possibly be that I am getting better at my job, but I feel the audiences are getting better. Oh, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel like they're yeah. getting um, more loose and loud laughing. I I swear, years ago when I came here, it was a different feeling. I mean, it, that's Brexit, isn't it? Where we just laugh more. We're set free. That's, that's what we voted. That's, what that's what's actually for. happened, Jen. Yeah. Since, since oh, last year, yes. we've yeah. become free people. You've been liberated from yeah. being part of Europe and getting yeah. intelligence that you might need and, <laughs> hey, and other important things. Steady. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Bugle for the Week beginning Monday, the 5th of February 2018. We're recording on the 2nd of February, making it 3,000 years to the day since the 2nd of February 982 B.C. Way back at a simpler time when Wi-Fi signals were really bad, but people didn't mind. It was a more patient time. And on this day in 982 BC, the Greek fitness guru and inventor, Arkloptios of Megalognosos, created the world's first balance board. Um, <laughs> when he was uh, discovered by uh, King Agakloptikos standing on an upturned tortoise and claimed he was researching a new product. And just the next week, he invented uh, the fitness ball when caught in flagrante with a large watermelon. <laughs> On this day, the 2nd of February in uh, 1848, uh, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo was signed. Wow. Classic treaty. Um, it was, That's brought an end to the Mexican-American War. Treaties treaties are interesting, aren't they? Because the, at the time, they obviously seemed like a really, really the right thing to do, don't they? And yeah. Then, Couple of years later, I was going. Oh, I don't know. Just, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. That's well, so they, I think it's partly name, isn't it? They're, yeah. They raise expectations. You think they're going to be full of treats, and then yeah. <laughs> mostly full of complicated subclauses. Um, um. Well, I've just been reading a book about um, about uh, the Norman Conquest and the the French king yeah. in the in the mid 11th century. He used to do this thing called the Peace of God, where he'd say, "Right, the Peace of God is now hereby instated. You're supposed to stop fighting." And people would basically would ignore it. So, <laughs> so he'd, he'd turn up, he'd turn up in like an area like like Normandy or Anjou or someone go right, peace of God from now on, and they'd all be like, nah, f- off. <laughs> and it's really funny reading this. He, this guy Henry the Henry the French, one of the Hen, French Henry kings. I'm not reading it close to this, but he'd, 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 he'd turn up and he'd go right. Knock it off, you lot. And then they go, no, sorry, it doesn't apply here. Right. Your peace of God does not apply here, which I think is really fantastic. Like naughty children. Yeah. yeah. It's so sweet. I mean, it's a, a noble attempt. Yeah, it's a nice Why idea. Why not start there? Yeah, and- well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And there were people, they had a real problem with people building castles illegally. <laughs> <laughs> they just put up a castle without permission. Wouldn't you, it seems like, I mean, I've never built one. That it would take a while to put one up. So how how far do you get before someone goes? Wait, are you building a castle? <laughs> that is illegal. That is an excellent question because it it seems that you know our idea of a castle like a big stone building. Basically, mm. if you put a mound up with with some with with a palisade, some logs on the top of it, that's a castle. Right. And uh, 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 that know, sounds like a tax dodge to me. Isn't <laughs> it? Is there some tax break for castles and not houses? Well, I mean, this is this is the cause of most of the unrest in northwest France in the 11th century, <laughs> illegal castles. Right. Well, I mean, that's what you get on the bugle. You get up-to-the-minute topical stuff about 11th century French castles. 
Top story this week, and Donald Trump has banged on for 80 minutes uh, about the... uh, Well, let's say the State of the Union, the perceived State of the Union. It was a... An interesting speech. Um, I sat up and watched it very late at night, and that mm. is not a healthy thing to do, unless you are uh, an aficionado of, of Trump. Jen, you 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 digested it in transcript form. I, I read is... the the transcript, and I saw a clip. So he was supposed to say to everyone still recovering in Texas, Florida, Louisiana, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, California, and everywhere else. We are with you. We love you. He says love a lot, and we will pull through together. <laughs> He didn't say California because he's mad at us. Oh, right. He doesn't like, so he just dropped that off and right. didn't actually say it um, because he's mad that we didn't vote for him. Uh, so everything that he, so it, I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. And then when I, but I have seen some clips and it's, yeah. we got the sort of drugged Trump, the the one that is very slow and seems like he's on Xanax. So I don't know if is they that have better to- than the, uh, Trump own natural. It's it's less unpredictable, but I it should be alarming to people that he seems heavily medicated. I don't I don't know if they give it to him because they don't want him to go off or he's twilighting or whatever they call it sunsetting because I think he's early dementia. I don't know what it is or he's just has a drug habit. This is completely my opinion. <laughs> but if you are a realist, might as well. Look, <laughs> it's it's 2018. It's it's the era of Trump. Opinions are facts. That's so. true. Reading this, it sounds like a child's book report. I mean, and he <laughs> he has speech writers, so they have to write it to his stupidity. I don't know how he gets through the teleprompter, which makes me think he has an earpiece in, and that's why he goes so slow as well. Well, that'll be interesting. So if these are is, my theories. If that is ever... I mean, maybe that proves that, that he's not under... Uh, right. But is controlled by Moscow, as some people have said, because sure, surely if somebody in Moscow is controlling that earpiece, at some <laughs> point he'd have said, Das Vidanya. Spasiba, Well, that's the other thing. He should have said our union is completely being torn apart from the inside because Russia's tactics are working. But I don't don't think you can say that. No, he can't say that out loud (laughs) without getting a certain element of criticism. Was it regarded as a good good performance? Because I always think the the interesting thing about Trump is he's made it it his business to set the bar so low. Yeah, it's clever that, isn't it? But when he goes to Congress and reads an autocue without a stumble or, or shouting at some journalists or complimenting someone on their hat, or impersonated, impersonated disabled person. There's like a there's like <laughs> yeah. a ripple of oh, didn't he do well? You know, yeah. uh, in the same way that someone squeezing one tiny turd into a potty halfway through a dirty protest should be congratulated. You know, it's, that, <laughs> it's that sort of he, by by lowering the bar. If yep. it, it turns up and just reads a thing from beginning to end, even if it like you say, it's sort of um, gibberish, Janet and John level reading level gibberish. Yes. People go, oh, you know, say yeah. the, the sort of stable Trump, or the, what do they call it, or good, good Trump. No, they always say that's today he became president. Yeah, I presidential. Think, presidential. Yeah. I think they've stopped doing it because every network that does it gets attacked yeah. on Twitter now when when they dare to say something like that. But um, it's it just he says love a lot. It's such a strange thing. It's this almost glow of humanity that comes through him. But he just keeps saying we love you, we love you to to different. To different st- states, it's just, <laughs> but, he's got he's got a lot of love, you know. He's, well, he called the um, bill that he didn't end up passing um, the DACA bill to not deport people that have lived here yeah. forever a bill of love. He wants to have a bill of love. 
<laughs> and that's what he said. And then the Republicans uh, took him aside and they didn't right. let him do the bill. But see, he almost did a good thing. And he, I mean, he did describe uh, coal as beautif- beautiful, clean <laughs> coal. I mean, with all due respect to coal, I mean, even coal doesn't find itself sexy. I mean, that is... <laughs> that is not a that is not a sexy bit of rock. He had his um his big boy face. He just kind of like he puts his chin out and puffs out. Very proud of himself. Um, I also think that's sort of a vanity thing. Yeah. Where he's trying to look minimize his chins. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's trying to look thinner and his, make his eyes less prominent. And and uh, but uh, yeah, I couldn't watch it. it. It I I can't see his face anymore. I thought this would be over by now. I thought he would be out by now. And oh, so right. it's, it's hurting me. I don't think he's ever going to leave. Mm. I think he's going to be president in about 100 years' time. He will declare martial law, I'm sure, and right. be the king. But I thought maybe he'd have a heart attack. I thought maybe they would make him resign because he doesn't want the job. And so I feel like he would resign. He, he can do anything and his people will believe him. So if he resigns and says, oh, this is a crap democracy you know i don't want to run it I, I was better serving america as a businessman he could just make that up and say oh they made me leave they're being so mean to me and start you know i, I don't know why he doesn't just do that i still I thought think he would do that joining the seniors golf tour is the most likely way out <laughs> <laughs> putting the hours that would um, be amazing what i was really struck by um having watched every second of it live was the number of standing ovations mm. um now, I know a thing or two about standing ovations. I've had uh, two in my career, um, one of which was when I left the stage early at a gig in Manchester in 2002. But um, that was, it's a lot of pretty old people watching that speech, and that's yeah. a lot of exercise. The number of standing ovations for those old Republicans to give Donald Trump. And uh, I've just um, just been checking the latest injury reports, Mike Pence He's been ruled out of vice presidenting for two weeks after straining both his hamstrings after standing up and sitting down again 7,000 times in 80 minutes. Um, the Republican Senator Querville Plaketic, uh, he suffered a double wrist dislocation and a fractured sclaphioid in his ulterior node. Um, that's part of the wrist. Um, clapping a record 11,921 times in Trump's speech. That's the most by a single representative in a president's speech, an average of 56 <laughs> claps per applaud and 2.4 rounds of applause per minute. He even applauded a cough at one point. Um, and on the Democratic side, Strevel Jark, the senator for New Wessexshire, was hospitalised with a compression fracture of the frontal headbone after a frown penetrated his skull after an unbroken 76-minute scowl. So... um. It was, it was physically demanding. I mean, the pictures, the pictures that I saw of it with the Democrats having to stay stony-faced. So yeah. B- B- yeah. B- Bernie Sanders and, all, and, and his crew all having to... Whatever they... And that must be... That in itself must be quite difficult. If, if well, his room, face is always like that. I, yeah. I, and by the way, he's not a Democrat. I just want to make it very clear. Oh, okay. I have a, a dislike for Bernie Sanders. All right, OK. Brilliant. No, I, I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it just oh. to anyone out there. He does not represent... Brilliant. His behaviour does not represent that of my people. Okay. Although I am a socialist at heart. Right, okay. Okay, anyway. Guys, but yes. Cool. Of worms there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but, but yes, I just saw those face. pictures of them like, you know, because it is very hard. Yeah. If, you've been in, if you've been in an audience where half the audience, are, they're really into it, it's very hard to maintain that. Nope. I'm not, yeah. It, yeah. Nope, no, no, no. I'm not enjoying this. There's no, no redeeming. You know, like, just a, a tiny little ripple. Yeah. Then because it, because, I mean, also the other thing, I mean, because Trump's other, he's got this balancing act, hasn't he? He has to say, everything's great now. And it was shit before. Yeah. But if it's great now, there's no, there's nothing left for him to do. 
Yeah. Right. So they're still... Yeah. So that's so, why so I'm going golfing. Exactly. So so Saudi's got to maintain that some things are still shit. Otherwise, there's no point to... It's so it's that it's that having to think two separate things exa- at exactly the same time and present them to people. I think it's really interesting. But he's clearly not troubled by being illogical. <laughs> no, He's not... laid that card very no, firmly but, on the exactly, table. Exactly. Yeah, but I think that's, re- that's really interesting because most people will go, no, f- this. <laughs> I, can't, I can't maintain these two impossible thoughts at once. <laughs> well, yeah, I think he also. Um, well, actually, sorry. To your point about the them sitting there stony faced. Yeah, they're getting complaints now from the Republican side that they behaved that way. But that's the grand tradition: is yeah. whatever the opposing side is, they sit there stony faced. And at one point during Obama's uh, State of the Union, one of the, the Republican senators yelled out, "You lie." And it wasn't even a lie. It was just he was upset that Obama was black and just yeah. had a freak out. Yeah. But uh, Donald Trump tweeted a complete lie about uh, the ratings. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And, oh, but this is his... That is the prime club in his bag, isn't it? The, the ratings lie. Oh, my God. He said, um, thank you for all of the nice compliments. It's like me after a show when I tweet to the audience <laughs> and reviews on the State of the Union speech. Reviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, reviews, you can... You, I mean, five stars in one paper is one star in another. We well, know. the thing is, I mean, you can... if you. I mean, I'm trying to sort of treat the Trump presidency like he's a sort of Andy Kaufman deep ca- oh. deep character comic mm-hmm. who one mm-hmm. day will emerge at the other end of it go come on it was, I was joking or d- <laughs> d- die in a wrestling ring or something I don't know <laughs> don't really know anything about Andy Kaufman except that but because I watched the Piers Morgan interview where he was obviously trying out some of the everything's great the economy's better than it ever was oh okay and, and he and he did that thing where he sits bolt upright in the chair yeah like because he again because he because uh, then he can put his then he can put his jaw out and and he's obviously got this uh, I'll do my handsome body language now yes. like, like my my dreamy body language and he sits up and and he did that he did all that the economy's better ever, ever has been the the trillion dollars did we put a trillion dollars on the on the stock exchange and all this sort of thing the yeah. stock exchange better than it has ever been in all american history so I think, and and he was rehearsing all this stuff very much like a comic Trying his stuff out at a at a club gig. I was just going to say before you host the Oscars, yeah, yeah exactly. you try out some of your jokes. So about, you know, because no one watched the Piers Morgan thing, so it's like it's like doing a small gig. <laughs> I can't believe those two sat together. It just make it's the two literally the two most terrible white males that exist on the planet Earth. I think. Well, there's probably worse people, but well, there certainly have been worse white males in the past. I think. <laughs> yes, uh, maybe the, not his. As the early to mid twentieth century would testify. <laughs> <laughs> and some that build illegal castles. Don't yeah, forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, well, yes. terrible. You people. know that he would have been one of the illegal oh, castle builders. Absolutely. Everything yeah. he has built Donald, is an illegal Donald castle. Donald the bastard. He'd have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you say about the the ratings, uh, he claimed it was the most the most watched State of the Union in history, <laughs> which which was was impressive and would have been even more impressive if it had been true but still still impressive um as we know in the 21st century you don't let the facts get in the way of a good fact um uh, he's uh, and he and he complimented fox as well for their they their, their oh, sure. big share of the i got what 12 million of the 46 million who uh, who watched it and um he's basically moonlighting as president of the united states from his main job as head of pr for fox news but, mm-hmm. And Fox News seems to me to be a blend of kind of American capitalism mm-hmm. at its ultimate height and Soviet-level propaganda. Oh, yeah. Kind of the devil wears Pravda. Yes, I, yes, I, I love that. Oh. Very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that 
That's a really good one. That's a good one. Oh, you sound genuinely surprised, Del. Sorry. After all the years we've been working together. need to recover from that one. That's a serviceable joke and everything. It is distressing to me that he did get even that many because the the ones that have beat him out were only a few million more, 48 million, 46 million. Why did he have 45 million? We 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 go around on Twitter and say don't watch it, don't give him the ratings, don't watch it and people still watch it. Right, yeah. So to... I, I'm I'm upset with Americans who watched it ironically. Right, yeah. What if you watch it like a Medusa, like if you're looking at it in a mirror, does that count to the ratings? Or not? <laughs> I don't know. That's that through a shot window. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, just like in the just in huge the fifties, crowds yeah. of just stand outside of the Democrats shop. outside TV <laughs> shops going boo. <laughs> um, he said the, these words I found um, uh, particularly uh, particularly uh, moving. Tonight, I call upon all of us to set aside our differences, to seek out common ground, and to summon the unity we need to deliver for the people we were elected to serve, which is rather like a hyena calling for better table manners. <laughs> Guys, how about some decorum at mealtimes? Wait your turn, you'll all get you a bit of the zebra. And would it be too much to ask you f***ing hooligans to use some f***ing cutlery? <laughs> Aftermath of shock democratic results, part two now, and uh, on this side of the Atlantic, um, well, the Brexit uh, schmozzle continues to uh, rumble on um, amidst continuing confusion over what the f*** is going on, what the f*** was going on when we voted and what the f*** will go on. Um, and um, Al, Angela Merkel's been... Uh, been yeah. cranking up the uh, cranking up the burns. Well, we, what we've discovered is that it's it, going to be a shock to many people is that Germans have a sense of humour. Because <laughs> um, uh, the laws of comedy, as we all know, dictate. Comedy is all about surprise. That's rule A. Yep. Rule B, the Germans have no sense of humour. That's rule B. C, the British have the greatest sense of humour in the world. Testify. And D, because we can laugh for ourselves. That's the reason, <laughs> right? So it would come as no shock to buglers who long ago turned their backs on comedy to learn that <laughs> it is. Um, comedy is, A, no surprise at all, that B, the Germans have a sense of humour, <laughs> C, the British don't think it's funny, and D, it's because they're laughing at us. <laughs> and, the, and the story is... Um, and news has emerged from Germany via journalists writing about it in German newspapers and then a British journalist reading those newspapers, which is an extraordinary means of transmission for information. Angela Merkel has the brass neck, sheer neck and gebrass in German, <laughs> to have joked with journalists about the irony lady, PM Theresa May. Um, basically, her riff was, this is comedian talk, Andy, she was riffing on the... Uh, this bread Brexit deadlock, basically, that she says she ran. Merkel says she ran into Theresa May, and they had a conversation that went this way. And she did this for some journalists in a room as, a, as yep. a routine. And where Merkel says to May, "What do you want from the Brexit deal?" May replies, "Make me an offer." Right. So Merkel then says, "I don't need to make you an offer. You're the one who wants to leave. What do you want?" <laughs> May would then say, "Make me an offer." And apparently, they. She says they went round and round in circles doing this, and and, and May uh, Merkel did this as the as her hilarious routine right. for, for German journalists. Um, I mean, I wouldn't open it with it, but... This is, <laughs> it's, it's comedy of repetition. It's like, it's yeah, who's Stuart on Lee. first? Yeah, it's Stuart Lee. <laughs> Stuart Lee, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and this, of course, is uh, outraged people who shit on about Germans uh, not having a sense of humour and how much they like 633 Squadron and, <laughs> and sun loungers and all that stuff. And I think it's really, really interesting because... because 
an endless theme of the whole Brexit thing is no one has considered for a minute that we're doing this in public. <laughs> and it's our little secret, wasn't it's, it? It's our little secret. Yeah. That, 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 that Europe, Europe, that, that this, in this negotiation that's been pitched by the Brexit, uh, pro-Brexit people, they've yeah. just never, ever taken into account that there are other people involved in this thing. Right. And that yeah. they might, they might, even if they don't, you know, they obviously they don't like it. And the Germans said they'd rather we didn't, didn't do this. But they're, they're laughing at this. It's sort of, it's just the, it's, it's like the absolute um, uh, hard burn for your, uh, these Germana, Germana monomaniacs. You know, <laughs> people who still think it's the war. And then the other thing we had with this, of course, is the German ambassador said that the British are obsessed with the Second World War. Um, to which I say, who do you think you're kidding, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> if you think old England's done? I mean, it, it's. I mean, I, Jen, I, you know, I don't know what this must look like to to the to the outside world. This Brexit thing, but we we've this whole situation has arrived as a completely internal problem, and now we're having to deal with the external ramifications. And we look. I think we look. We run a real danger, of looking like complete fucking twat. <laughs> it's a relief as an American to go. Oh my god. People as ridiculous as us. Was yeah, like, we were the John the Baptist to your yeah. idiotic Jesus. Yeah. So for <laughs> for one minute, for maybe a month, we looked like we would be uh, superior to you. Just, I just mean in that sense of yeah, no, no, the no, bragging no, exactly rights about not being stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, then we joined in. So, and now it's just it, it terrifies me to be honest. I don't. It, I feel like I'm watching two countries completely get taken over by Russian propaganda <laughs> and thinking that they need to. Uh, split from yeah. within their own selves. Yeah. That's us, and then you guys splitting but from the, Europe. But, but they're really. I mean, the thing I've re- the, I find really amazing about this is all right. Let's say leaving leaving Europe is 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 the right thing to do. Then do it. Do a good job of it, rather than go. Oh, the Germans are having a go at it. It's like the sort of. <laughs> yeah. It's this really weird. The, 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 I, I mean, yeah, but we know, didn't we didn't vote to do a good job of it. That no. wasn't on the ballot paper, <laughs> was it? <laughs> We just voted for Brexit. Yeah. No Check one said here. it had to be a good job. <laughs> you know, just, and I mean, clearly, the, the you know the problem is that we just didn't. We we voted not having discussed for more than about a minute what the f- would happen afterwards. Mm. So the whole thing's being uh, being rifted. I guess you know you can't you can't discuss it in advance. That's uh, that's showing weakness. It's uh, it's like a drop of blood in a shark tank. And then then the hippie in me goes. You can't really leave Europe, man, because you're technically can still channel to Paris. I mean, you're all ah, but that, one big blob of ah, but land. That's, that's what that's what um uh, your anti-EU people will say. Well, we're not leaving. We love Europe. We just don't like the EU. We're not leaving Europe. Of course we don't. Why do you always Why do you always deliberately confuse the two and think? Well, because that's exactly what you've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> the fact you don't like having to talk to Belgians. Well, you know, we, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's like racism against other white people. I've never seen. Hey, I've look, never we're, seen the, it. we're specialists, <laughs> right? We can conjure racism out of anything. <laughs> I, you know, this that white cup. I don't like. I don't like the look of that white cup. That mug on this table is white, and I've already it's got different customs to me. I don't like it. Um, nice, neat little summary of British social history there. Al. Um, <laughs> But well, it might not be a might not need to tunnel to Paris. So it could be a bridge coming soon. Mm. Boris Johnson, uh, um, who is essentially the improv foreign secretary, um, just riffing out um, <laughs> one of the most important jobs in the country, uh, said that there would be a bridge. And um, those on the Brexit side clearly uh, responded by saying, "I think you missed out the syllable draw there, Boris." <laughs> <laughs>
I think Americans kind of think of Angela Merkel as a rock star too. There's mm. a lot of popular memes that go around of her, her <laughs> sitting with a Donald. A rock star. Yeah. I mean, I've heard many things said about Angela Merkel, but I think she's sort of like not that she's the new Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> we. We look to her as almost this, like, save us, like maybe Germany will adopt us or something. The way that she sat with Trump in the Oval Office, and there's a famous picture of him looking down like a little boy, and it looks like she's scolding him. And uh, one of the memes is like, what did I tell you about Nazis? He's like, don't invite them in the Oval Office. You know, it's, it's something like that. And we just, we love when she uh, turns her back on him. And, and so, I don't know, I, I'm sorry she's making a fool of Theresa May. But well, I'm fine We with think it. she's cool. Uh, just breaking, actually, uh, on this subject, a new report from the CBHAWMRH, that's the Committee for Brexiting Hard, and we mean real hard. Um, Brexit will produce an average 0.2% rise in the vague feeling of national independence, a 0.4% increase in the average perception that we're controlling our own destiny, and a 0.07% upward bump in the average sense that we could now become a multi-millionaire Nobel Prize winning scientist because all the Romania, Poly, Bulgaria grants have stopped coming over here to plumb our toilets for us. So, um, and that report has been verified by the Cross-Party Committee on Indefinable National Emotions, which is very, very influential in this uh, Brexit, Brexit age. Obviously, there's two sides to interpret these figures. The National Institute f- uh, for liking hypothetically nice things in a vague kind of way countered by saying that although on average British people are 0.4% more in control of their destiny, or that's how they perceive it, that is due to a hardcore of hardcore hard Brexit hard ears uh, feeling around 13,000% more in control. <laughs> and that overall, 12.9% fewer people uh, feel we're in control. So it's, you, know, you can interpret these things in any way you want. What or indeed, just make them up. We need to move on to some extremely uh, pressing uh, technology versus the natural world news now. Um, And this is arguably the greatest story of the millennium so far. Um, A peacock has been thrown off an aeroplane. Not just any peacock, but what was described by its owner as an emotional support peacock. The um, ESP. harrowing, Harrowing story. Uh, it was in a flight in America. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, the airline claimed the bird contravened its size and weight guidelines. Body shaming a peacock. Uh. Is there no depth of insecurity to, will, to which we will not stoop? The bird named Dexter, uh, presumably because its majestic plumage is reminiscent of the majestic batsmanship of the former England cricketer Ted Dexter, um, apparently uh, generally avoids public transport. Um, as its uh, its owner, uh, who's an artist, says it would be too traumatic for it. Well, public transport is too traumatic for humans, but we f***ing learn to endure it. And it's that kind of resilient attitude that gives us the edge in the evolutionary race and explains why there are so few peacocks on the boards of um, <laughs> FTSE 100 companies. Um, the peacock was originally bought... Uh, this is a charming backstory. To be part of an art installation. I mean... No wonder this peacock's got big ideas. Frankly, if it's been, yeah, it's been mollycoddled as a, oh, it's, but this peacock <laughs> is going to be really big-headed now. Isn't well, it? it is. It's going to be going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sh- literally showing off even more than a peacock would normally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm the one that got banned from that flight. Yeah, that's yeah, me. I'm literally yeah. peacocking. It has its own Instagram account. Does it? Right. Mm-hmm. 
It was it, he was uh, or she. I don't know. It's, I guess a it's cusp. a man. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. So, well, it's a, it's a, a peacock. He, it? It's a peacock. A peacock is better at using social media than I am. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've already got a have a long ass bath with my. It's that he uh, perched atop a luggage cart at the airport and wrote, spent six hours trying to get on my flight to L.A. And he said, tomorrow my human friends are going to drive me cross country. So he has friends, an Instagram account. <laughs> I don't know how many followers. I'll take a look. All right. I'm starting to get peacock jealousy here. <laughs> um, obviously, this was a decision that has uh, caused uh, considerable unhappiness, particularly from Dexter the Peacock himself, who gave an emotional press conference <laughs> after he was turfed off the flight. The decision to bar me from this self-proclaimed flight is aviarist, peacockist, and, above all, sexist. Whilst I understand you humans' understandable embarrassment at allowing a bird to go on a powered, artificial, environmentally destructive, fake Enormo bird, that does not make it acceptable. Regarding the injustice towards me as a peacock, well, look at you f***ing lemmings sitting there like sheep in your cocoons. Watching some half-assed piece of Hollywood shite on your 8-inch screens on this aeroplane when you could be watching my unbelievably awesome feathers. Seriously, look at this shit. <laughs> it's f***ing sensational. Moreover, without downplaying in any way the history of prejudice against females, have you ever seen a peahen thrown off an aeroplane? Of course you haven't. Sure, I'm not a perfect peacock. I have been a bit of an absentee father to some of my pea chicks, and I have fluttered my feathers without asking permission on occasion, but I feel that this is now a witch hunt. One last thing, regarding me being, quotes, too big, it's mostly feathers. And finally, have some f***ing respect. Without things like me, you flightless f***ers wouldn't have even thought of f***ing trying to f***ing fly. I will not be taking questions. <laughs> Quick bit of uh, tech news. Um, Elon Musk, uh, Bugle favourite, um, the obviously fictitious um, entrepreneur, um, absolutely no way he exists, has apparently made... He sold $21 million of flamethrowers in a day. I mean, that's... How does that sentence even exist? It, and he also sold a, a lot of fire extinguishers as well. I mean, that is the definition of a captive f***ing market, isn't it? Well, that's oh, you've got this. That's you, capitalism. You might also like this. That is capitalism. I didn't it? even know it was legal. Oh, no. To have a flamethrower. Of course it is. It's protected by your Second Amendment rights, isn't it? <sighs> Sub-Amendment 3A, the right to throw flame. Of course, <laughs> back in the day... That referred to lighting fires in winter to ward off bears and wolves and mm -hmm. British people. But now the flamethrower lobby is so powerful that it's been twisted beyond its initial but intention. I think this is a good test bed for that. You know that thing when people say, oh, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill pe people. Yeah. Let's find out whether flamethrowers kill people. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Just, just like a perfect test. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a, like a controlled experiment for that yeah. adage. You know, it's a chance for America to put it to the test. So if a flamethrower kills someone then obviously guns kill people as well, you know, logically. It's like a logical test bed. Yes. So I think he's doing us all a favour here. Well, it's not guns that kill people. It's the fact that not everyone has been dipped head to toe in the river sticks um, <laughs> the given immortality that kills people. Everybody knows that. A quick other uh, showbiz story. BBC Review found no gender bias in uh, its on-air pay decisions, um, despite there being... Uh, what might be described as obvious gender bias in its uh, on-air pay decisions. And uh, well, this is just I mean, the latest example of uh, sexism in, in showbiz. As evidence, just a couple of weeks ago, Minnie Mouse 
finally given her own Hollywood Walk of Fame star mm. 40 years after her male co-star and former lover, Mickey Mouse. Um, Rumours are that the reason, part of the reason it took so long was that Mickey briefed against Minnie um, after she complained about his habit of shitting everywhere he went on set and then laughing it off by saying, mice will be mice. Um, also, rumoured um, that uh, Minnie was offered a payoff of up to 10 kilograms of cheese in exchange for not revealing that Mickey had a clandestine interspecies relationship with Melissa Duck, the then-girlfriend of Mickey's cartoon rival Daffy Duck, um, who was from the rival Warner Brothers stable, which, uh, of course, Disney frowned on big time. You know, I have some hot news. I was at the BBC All right. the other day on the Woman's Hour, and they had to have the woman that was... Uh, going to Parliament the next day to talk about it. Carrie Gracie. Was, yes, she wasn't allowed to read the statement herself because she's not anything to do with being a woman, but because she's the one, you know, protesting it. So um, ironically, just a man had to come in and read about it. And the BBC is insisting on calling it uh, fair pay, not equal pay. I, I, and they're denying, really, that it's happening. I mean, the BBC are going to have to explain why there seems to be a gender pay gap. Are they, are they going to end up saying, yeah, but all the women are worse at their job than all the That's men? That's what they said in the <laughs> statement, basically. They said a lot of this is based on uh, work, you know, experience and output and it's like but that's the systematic thing you guys don't get but i saw i sat there in the studio while they read that ridiculous but when statement. will there be men's hour <laughs> hey that's women's right. hour. all right i've had that for like 70 years now when will there be men's hour men's hour when will that happen hey mm. what i want to know god is why kirsty walk outstanding uh tv journalist presenter of Newsnight and various other things Still paid less than Great Uncle Bulgaria out of the Wombles. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. In a in another uh, gender wars story, uh, science breaking this uh, science breaking news this week. Apparently, the number of men dying from prostate cancer has now overtaken female deaths from breast cancer for the first time in the UK. Well done, boys. There you go, Mrs. Pocahontas. You got what you wanted. <laughs> but I read. Um, I'm going to lower the tone now. <laughs> I read that... Um, family uh, show, well, family that, show. Uh, that you reduce your inst- po- uh, possibility of prostate cancer by cancer by orgasming every day. Mm-hmm. I've heard right. that. So, like, what's going on there? If, if the male rate's going up... That's right. And how... And that certainly explains why Prince Philip has lived so long. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a crisis that men are not... Uh, enjoying like themselves sounds right like now. It. Yep. Sounds like it. We're t- we can't even summon up the gumption to wank. Maybe because <laughs> all these women are squawking about That's their exactly rights it. and That's then ex- we are not attractive to them Thank anymore you. in their fantasies. Thank you for joining the dots for me. <laughs> it would have been completely out of order if I'd suggested that, but yep. you know, here we are. Go on, woman's hand. Tell them. <laughs> We've just about run out of time on uh, the bugle. So the results of the Win Your Place in the Bilderberg Group competition have sadly been postponed until until next week, but you will get an extra week on your term on the Bil- Bilderberg Inner Sanctum uh, for the winner. Um, and do keep your emails coming in to hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast.com. So, uh, well, Jen, thanks very much for coming oh, on the... Uh, it was a on, pleasure. ...on the bugle. Um, how, long are you, how long is your run in Soho? It'll be over Saturday night. 
Oh, right. So, so I mean, absolutely no point plugging it. Um, no, but just to let people know that yeah. uh, they, it's could a, it's a, they could have seen it right, if they okay. missed it. Yeah. yeah, next time. Consider that a <laughs> retrospective plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, Al, have you got any, any anything to plug at the moment? No. No. i got nothing on this year right. at the moment. I mean, plans to do things, but yeah. nothing certain. I've, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, I turned 50 this year and I'm feeling like I might do f*** all. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> to celebrate. Brexit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brexit. Oh, I'm free now, you see. Yeah. Don't need to work anymore. <laughs> Land of milk and honey. Sun right. uplands. You can just, just lie back and enjoy yeah. the feeling of self-determination. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Jen, you're, uh, you have a podcast of your own. Do you want to... Uh, yes, it's yes. Uh, called I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, available at all podcasting uh, places. out of the ether. Just, just grab it out yeah. of the sky. And again, especially, it's, it's not available in Europe, only in... Uh, England now because of Brexit. Right, yeah. I won't let any other Europeans listen to Good. it. Good. So, they yeah. don't deserve to listen to it. No. Sweet taste yeah. of freedom. Though, yeah. <laughs> Not being able to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you uh, for listening, Buglers. Don't forget, there are still some tickets available for the Bugle live show on the 22nd of February. It will feature Nish Kumar and Alice Fraser. And come to all of my Satirist for High show tour dates coming up this week. Take one. Can I remember them? Um, Take two. I think. Uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's one other. Oh, for sake. Um. Do you want me to Google it? Yeah, do you want to go to your website? <laughs> I I, if, I don't, if it's not happening in the next six hours, I don't know. I don't know what is going on. Take three. Also, come to all of these Satirists for High shows, and please, if you are coming, do submit your email request for topics to satirise this at satiristforhire.com. Uh, Wednesday in Brighton is sold out, brackets, tiny room. Uh, Leicester on Thursday <laughs> is not sold out, brackets, also tiny room. Do come along. Uh, I have Galway on the 10th in Ireland, uh, Dublin on the 11th, Belfast on the 12th, the following week, Monmouth, Worcester, Exeter. Canterbury and then there's some more after that all details at andysaltzman.co.uk any further questions no. comments right no. let's call that a wrap thank you for listening Buglers uh, we'll be back next week with Mr Anuvab Pal who will be in America um, which is very exciting a new time zone for him on the Bugle uh, until then goodbye Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.